quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. listeners, it's time for another Boldly Go. I know, we've been away for a while, but things and stuff were happening. So you have to forgive us for that. You will forgive us for that. We demand your forgiveness. Please. Not a very great way to start making demands. I'm begging you for forgiveness. <laughs> we're I'm on our knees. knees pleading. We're pleading. We're so sorry. Yes, just illnesses and, and conflicts and stuff like that have happened. So we are sorry that we're later than we normally were. But here we are again for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandy Jackala. And of course, with me, as always, is my wonderful friend, Suzanne, who is still under the weather. Just Other than that, bit. Suzanne, how are you? Other than not breathing and having no voice, I'm okay. That hurts my heart because I know how that feels and it's so not fun. So bear with us, wonderful listeners, so that we can bring to you the joy of talking about Captain Christopher Pike. Yes. And some Spock, too. Yeah. Got some Spock? Yes. Always Spock. Got some Spock in there. Uh, on the Star Trek Timelines mobile game, uh, mm -hmm. October is now Spocktober. <laughs> They're doing, oh, nice. They're doing all these events. Well, they always do events like every other week, but this mm -hmm. time... They're also doing rewards that focus on the many versions of Spock that are available. Oh, do they so. have a little Spock? No, it's it's so much. Oh. It's more like um, this is Mirror Universe Spock, and this is Science Officer Spock, and this okay. is the just got his brain removed Spock, and this is <laughs> Spock recovering from Star Trek Four, and this is Beardy Spock, and this is... And so on and so forth. It's basically because it's basically all timelines existing at the same time, mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. I, I want all the different iterations of Spock, though. Yeah, I want they're, all I'm, of them, all Spocks. They're not going to involve uh, the Kelvin timeline. I know that they don't have mm. permission to do that. Sadness, but sadness. Other than I know, but they do have animated series characters in there. Haven't seen animated Spock yet, but oh. I have Maress and I have Eric's. Okay, sorry. Um, 
out into the sticks already. That was my fault. <laughs> totally my fault, but I had to talk about Spocktober. <laughs> because Spock. <laughs> but seriously, in all seriousness, we're never serious. Um, we're going to talk about The Menagerie, which is the yes. two-parter in season one of the original series. Which is the first canon viewing of most of the Cage original pilot. And yes. uh, interestingly enough, this may never have seen the light of day, except <laughs> Star Trek was extremely expensive mm -hmm. to produce, and they were behind in production mm -hmm. and were running out of money. And so Robert Justman... Didn't they run out of scripts? That too. too. They ran out of scripts. And so Robert yeah. Justman went to Gene and said, hey, let's use this unused footage from this failed pilot and you can just write a story around that. What I imagine it as being is like a flashback show. Mm. You know how like sitcoms always had flashback shows, oh, yeah. the Golden Girls, mm -hmm. things like that. This is their flashback show. Yeah, it's it's like a clip show, but it's all clips from one episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is yes. fine. Picture it. Yeah. Tell us for. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the day very clearly. We had just gotten a distress call from Talos 4. <laughs> I just had a martini. <laughs> I hope he hadn't just had a martini and it was on duty at the bridge. Uh, that was interesting. It basically just uh, came about out of necessity more than anything else. Not because they thought it would be really cool, but because they needed something and fast that required little additional production. So, interestingly enough, um, the master negative of the cage was edited into... The master negative of the menagerie. Oh, wow. And so for all intents and purposes, the original 35 millimeter print of the cage was gone. That's sad. And then in 1987, somebody found the parts that had been cut from that original mm -hmm. in a lab, <laughs> a film lab in Los Angeles, and they returned them to Paramount. So they were basically able to re-edit it back together. That is so crazy. Like in the back of a drawer somewhere. What is this? Yeah. Really, really weird. They wanted to get the original director from the cage to direct the envelope, mm -hmm. as it was called. And he didn't want to do it because he didn't like the show. Yeah, I heard he did not like the show at all. It's like, oh. Well. No, he really didn't. And I thought, wow. Turning down work because you don't like the show. Guess you were a dummy, huh? <laughs> or he was busy with other things. Maybe he... I don't know. No, he wasn't busy no. with other things. He just didn't like the show. No. He didn't ha He didn't have anything conflicting. Just didn't want to do it because so he hates the show. <laughs> it really is odd, but you know, people, people are funny. And hindsight is, uh, you know, always very, very clear, mm -hmm. which people, when I was a kid and people used to say hindsight is always twenty twenty. I'm like, what does that <sighs> mean though? It's basically when you're looking back at the situation, of course you can see it clearly. You can't see it clearly when you're in the middle of it but, because you're in the middle of it. So at some point, 2020 is going to make sense to us. 
Is that what you're saying? No, no, <laughs> no. I am pretty sure this is the worst year we've ever lived in, yeah. and it will never make sense. Yeah. But one other fun thing, and this is something that I I knew long ago mm-hmm. but had forgotten. But these two episodes won a Hugo Award. Yes, they did. For Best Dramatic Presentation. So take that, people. <laughs> Just wrote us off as nonsense. Trek only has gotten three or four total yeah it's it's not been many there was only one other episode in the original series that got a hugo award and for the moment i cannot remember which one that was. it is the edith keeler one oh thank you sitting on the edge of forever thank you because i couldn't remember the title i'm like it's edith i know it's edith (laughs) well another thing that is different with this episode is they could not get jeffrey hunter to reprise his role as pike by the way everyone just a note here in case I haven't mentioned it before on this show, and I don't think I have. It's not reprise. It's reprise. And if you don't believe me, go ask Lin-Manuel Miranda, because that is the way it has always been pronounced. And I don't know why people just suddenly started pronouncing it wrong. Probably because it's not spelled the way that you would think reprise would be spelled. Yeah. So, but it is reprise, I promise you. Yeah, so they had to pull a like a Darren from Bewitched cast switch. <laughs> so out with Dick York, in with Dick Sargent. They call that a fake shemp now, <laughs> um, which is a thing that has figured into more than one Trek thing for me today. Because oh as of this recording, the uh, most recent episode of Lower Decks, episode nine, oh God, Crisis so Point, fun. Uh, they, they used a fake shemp in they in did. that episode. Now, for those of you who don't know what a fake shemp is, this actually came about, obviously, because of shemp. The uh, actor had committed to X amount of projects with the Three Stooges, and he passed away unexpectedly and suddenly from a heart attack in 1955. And they couldn't, they had to fulfill the contract. There was no way of getting out of it. And so they brought in somebody else to replace shemp. So therefore, a fake shimp. But the term wasn't coined until director Sam Raimi coined it when he was making Evil Dead. So, fake shimp. Now you know. Yeah, to me, it's still always going to be Darren. It's a yeah. Darren. It's a Darren. That mm-hmm. too. Well, it was uh, the thing is, though, is that now that is illegal. Because of all this crap that I learned today, it's uh, all of this uh, stuff happened in uh, the 80s when Crispin Glover sued. Oh, yes. He filed a lawsuit because of Back to the Future 2. Yeah. And he won. Mm -hmm. And so you can no longer do that unless the actor is deceased the actor that you're replacing is deceased and you have received permission from that actor's estate to use a fake shimp. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Doing our part to entertain and educate. Someone has to. Exactly. And why shouldn't it be us? Exactly. Why shouldn't it be us? I also found it very interesting that we have Malachi Throne as... Mendez, Commodore Mendez. Yes. Because he was the voice of the Keeper originally. Mm-hmm. And again, which is how the Keeper was able to address Kirk directly <laughs> at the end of that second episode. 
because it was Malachi Throne. He was already there. <laughs> How crazy is that? All of these coincidences, or is it fate? <laughs> it's probably it's probably actually designed that way. It's like, oh hey, you know we're gonna have Malachi come in to do this yeah. voicing. Why don't we just have him in the episode? You know, two for the price of one, right? We don't have to pay him double. So there you go. Yeah, saving time and money yet again. Besides Malachi Throne. <laughs> I think we should just get into it. Let's talk about how this episode starts. We get to see a starbase. We do. It was very shocking to me. I was like, oh, I forgot that was even in this. Yeah. I know I did too. And I'm like, wait, what? They're in a starbase? I don't remember that. And it's only been probably four or five years since my last full rewatch of the original series. So I was yeah, just about really the same shocked. For me. I was just, I it just I guess it wasn't that memorable <laughs> well they did have a really nice matte painting in the background with cranes they and did. stuff it was so it, it was lovely in that regard but and and that background did get used again of course because it was Star Trek and they didn't have the biggest budget ever and it was an expensive show and recycling is show. good yes recycling is good so yeah this is uh, Starbase 11 which I don't think there's been a Starbase in the series up to this point. I don't remember Starbase. And I don't know that we see many Starbases after this point in the series either. Yeah. A lot of planets. Not so many not Starbases. Not that I can think of. I'm sure some fan, if we are incorrect, yeah. will correct us. And that's fine. Yeah, my brain's not functioning. I'm hopped up on Dayquil. So... You know, Dayquil makes me vomit. I can't even use it. It's very disappointing. That is disappointing. It just make, it makes me functional. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that it works for you. It works for so many. Why not me? Why not me, Dayquil? Because you're special. I don't want to be that kind of special, though. <laughs> I just like to have something that would get me through the day when I need it. But whatever. I keep... Going off into the sticks. This is going to be a hard edit. <laughs> it's my own fault. <laughs> I just may leave it all in. You don't know. We're at Starbase 11, and Kirk goes and talks to Commodore Mendez and says, Yeah, we got this message from Captain Pike. And he's all, No, you didn't. <laughs> Kirk is like, Yeah, we did. <laughs> Haven't you heard about goes, Pike? It's like, dude, he couldn't possibly, because, like, he's, like, a veg now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that's offensive. I am sorry. I am so sorry. My valley girl got out of control. I have reined her back in. But, yeah, they, they hadn't heard. They didn't know what had happened to Pike. Which I find weird. That's just weird. Scuttlebutt. Yeah. It would have gotten around. You would think, and it seemed like it was fairly recent. Yeah. So we see not Jeffrey Hunter, but Sean Kenny as Pike, because, you know, Mendez said, oh, well, go see him for yourself. And so they go and see him, and beep. he is, yeah, the beep, in the chair. Beep. With the, the, the beeps and the no beeps. They say that he can move the chair, but you don't see him moving the chair, like, no. really much at all. So and that's I, I think okay. it was a little too advanced for the technology they had at the time. It, it was. It really was. It was. It was actually very forward thinking 
uh, fictional wise because mm-hmm. we do have those motorized chairs now yes. of course Stephen Hawking yeah and they're getting more and more advanced all the time mm-hmm. so once again history being predicted predictive of the future you know those doors that open by themselves we've got those now <gasps> really <laughs> i haven't run into that and next generation gave us ipads i mean really they did they even called and, them and- pads <laughs> I'm wearing my Uhura earbud right now. Yeah, exactly. I've got two of them in. I'm so swished. (laughs) (laughs) So all all of these things that Star Trek predicted that have now become a part of our life. How fun is that? Kirk is uh, disturbed to (laughs) have found this out and is also trying to figure out what the H is going on. And uh, meanwhile, we've got... Spock doing some stuff. <laughs> uh, just Spock. making some fake logs and recordings yeah, make, and calling people. Yeah. And and he, he goes to see Pike and tells him, you know, I'm going to take you back there. And Pike's like, no. He keeps saying no. And I, it's because I was thinking it's not because he doesn't want to go there. He doesn't want Spock doesn't want to Spock. commit mutiny yes. and get the death penalty in mm-hmm. one fell swoop. Which that is exactly I, what I thought. I really feel like the death penalty is really not very Starfleet, is it? No. But that's the only reason there's the death penalty anymore is going to Talos for, which seems a bit extreme. It does seem extreme. It's just I mean, a planet. Yeah. With big-headed people. Right. That can make you think anything, and they can actually transmit their thoughts across space. So that is kind of dangerous. Um, it's so possibly they transmitted this thought to Spock, and that was the message that he received. Oh, they definitely. I think that is what happened. Was that they were the ones who sent the message? On, I know that they got in touch with Spock, or Spock got in touch with them, or. I don't know. They never really make that clear. Yeah. But I'm I'm sure that they had been in touch. I'm absolutely sure of it. If they could have been fooling Kirk the entire time on the shuttle from the, mm-hmm. the Starbase, they could have easily reached out to Spock and been like, Captain Pike needs you. Yeah. We can help him. Bring him back here. We'll let yeah. him live with us and... Have a a version of a life that he's never going to have again. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that say that that whole idea is ableist. And I disagree. I don't think it was meant to be ableist because I feel like if anyone else in that position who literally could not speak, could not move, could not do anything for themselves, couldn't even communicate other than you know, making a button light up for yes or no. Yeah. Wouldn't any of them jump at the same chance? Definitely. When they have their mind is fully there to be trapped. I would, I'd jump on it. Yeah. And of course we say that as being able-bodied people. So, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it was ever meant to be ableist or even hint at ableism in any way. But, you know, the 60s weren't, they weren't great about communicating <laughs> ideas. Yeah. And, uh, 
as as we know from the original version of the cage and some things that Pike says mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. Which are blessedly cut out of this episode. <laughs> yes. Yes, that sexism stuff be gone. <laughs> Just not cool. Super not cool. When I was watching this again, and I watched it with Dave, because he hadn't mm-hmm. seen it in a long time, and he's again not the biggest Trek fan and not a huge original series fan. I I don't even think he's seen half of the episodes of the original series, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a big deal. You know, he enjoys Trek overall. So, you know, we stay married. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> That would not be a marriage ender. It really wouldn't. I remembered, hey, wait. Because from the time that Kirk is on the shuttle with Mendez, I mean, from that point on, that's not the real Mendez. Yeah. It's just so weird. (laughs) And I'm thinking, why are are they doing this again exactly? (laughs) And then, you know, it's kind of all explained in the end, which we'll get to, but. So yeah, you got uh, you got Spock going to the starbase and um, doing some things and fighting with some people. And you're pinching. Thinking, what he's are pinching. You doing? He's doing some nerve pinching. You know, well, it's effective. It's not harmful, and you know, it it incapacitates the person. He should have done it to the second guy like right away instead right. of fighting with him. It's like, dude, use your superpower. Honestly, I believe that were it not for certain stipulations about how they thought each episode should be presented and there had to be action. There's not a lot of action with a nerve pinch. And so they wanted to have a punch him up. And that's why he ended up fighting with the second guy because honestly, Spock would just nerve pinch him too. Yeah. It's, like, it's too much effort and I'm busy. I got to get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a ship to take over. <laughs> he had an entire plot to uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny. <laughs> because that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talos 4. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm booked. <laughs> I'm simply booked. <laughs> I got my country sorry, anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilder to blame for it. I'm swamped. Take care of yourself. If you don't have your health, you haven't got anything. Sorry. <laughs> of the princess brain. <laughs> yep. You started it by me. mentioning Humberdink. I, I can't help myself. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. So everyone who had the Princess Bride on their bingo card for this episode, (laughs) you can mark off that spot now. Exactly. We will also accept Prince Humperdinck. (laughs) They're closely related enough. (laughs) So yeah, he plants these things, he goes back to the Enterprise, and he says, uh, basically, there's this communication from Kirk. I'm doing air quotes that no one can see but Suzanne. <laughs> and that uh, Spock's in command of the ship and all controls are turned over to him, blah, blah, blah. And he basically locks the course mm-hmm. inalterably to Talos 4 and isn't explaining anything to anyone. 
And because it's Spock, nobody questions it. They're kind of like, well, yes. this is a little weird, but it's Spock. Okay, so the computer's running the ship. It's it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. And even McCoy is just like, it's Spock. Yeah. You know, he, he wouldn't do anything untoward. If he said that he was given an order, then he was given an order. <laughs> so, And I just thought, when have you ever been like this Spock, about Spock? Ever. ever. <laughs> And it was it was just so interesting. I'm like, where is this Bones McCoy all the rest of the yeah. original series and in the movies? Because you never see really this respect and trust of Spock again. Yeah. After this. Or before if, this, frankly. Even when he places him under arrest, he's like, It is going to your quarters, okay. <laughs> is mm-hmm. that all right? Is that enough? Yeah, because he doesn't, he doesn't know. He's never had to arrest someone for mutiny. Still, so, you, if you wouldn't ask someone that you didn't. Didn't trust. Yeah. 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 Which, which shows deep down, Bones does trust Spock. Mm-hmm. Even though he flings racial slurs at him, like every episode. <clears throat> but because it's a made up race, somehow it's okay. <laughs> and it's the 60s again. Yep, it's so the 60s. And here's the thing. What what was with having the the Commodore's assistant? Was she just there as eye candy to be wearing a short skirt and stuff? And mention some other woman who mentioned Kirk. It's like, mm-hmm. who cares? Nobody. It's like, why, why are you here? Are you a friend of the producer? Why are you here? It was just one of those situations where you just have a woman for the sake of having something for the boys to look at because exactly, really yeah. there's no other reason for her presence yeah, she didn't spur on the story in any way not a bit not mm. a bit she was just there for the male gaze and oh how that continued throughout trek for far too long yes into the 90s yes Oh, into the 2000s. To Paul's outfit, uh, yes, anyone? Paul, yes. <clears throat> Alice Eve in her underwear. Oh. Yeah. I'm still upset that we got Carol Marcus, but we did not get Nurse Chapel. Right? Very nice. I mean, absolutely no sense. No, no sense at all. I want Nurse Chapel. Where yes. is Nurse Chapel? Damn it, Christine, where are you? I'm just going to start making tweets about the Calvin timeline and with the hashtag, where is Nurse Chapel? (laughs) What are you hiding? What are you hiding? Where's the conspiracy? Where does it start? Does it go out of the way to the top? Probably. What are you keeping from us? Anyway, I got off into the sticks again. So a lot of uh, the first episode is basically Spock stealing the ship, Mm -hmm. pretending like everything's fine. Even though the crew are kind of like, this is weird. (laughs) And then there's Kirk and Mendez chasing the Enterprise in a shuttle, which is interesting because Spock makes it so that they can catch up to him. That was so weird. But it's that's part of the plan. That's the whole thing. It's part of the plan. They got to get fake Mendez onto the ship to do a whole trial thing. To keep Kirk distracted and everybody else distracted so they can just get to Talos 4. Because if they're focused on the mutiny, 
Yeah, I know. But honestly, it was the best possible distraction. Because Spock is this guy that everybody respects. He's the first officer. Mm -hmm. And up until this point, he has been completely loyal and trustworthy and logical. And everything he's doing flies in the face of everything they've set for this character up to this point. That's that if you're gonna have somebody steal a ship and take Pike to Talos War, it has to be Spock. Who else could it be? Because he's one of the few people that would know of the situation that they encountered, mm -hmm. and he's one of the few people that has the knowledge to steal a starship and get Captain Pike where he needs to go. And also keep everybody distracted long enough to do it. It was a heavy burden. It was a really like heavy I said, burden. That's a lot. A lot going on. And he took it on himself. It's not like Pike asked him to do this. He never would have. And mm -hmm. Spock knows that. So he's just like, no, I'm doing this. I'm doing this for my captain. The love, you guys. The love. Yeah. <laughs> it gets me a little emotional. <laughs> oh, geez. Brandy getting emotional. What a surprise. Do you think Spock would have ever done the same for Kirk? Because we know Kirk did the same for Spock. Yes, well, but. Spock basically died for Kirk, so <laughs> you know that's. I that's think like he died for ultimate... everybody. Yeah. The needs of the many outweighing the needs, of the, needs the few of the few or the, few or the one. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I always feel like, especially now after season two of Discovery, I feel like Spock's relationship with Pike was never equaled. Yeah, it seems so deep yeah even after what we've seen everything with kirk it doesn't that just seems all superficial just at the top level levels mm -hmm. yeah. whereas the stuff with pike is so deep it is they've they've been through so much together <laughs> i i honestly i i can't picture Spock doing that for kirk. <laughs> i can't either the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, gosh, I know they're close, but that's close. And uh -huh. I I just can't see it. It's, it's It feels like it would be an unwarranted response, kind of like how Spock freaks out at Kirk's death and into darkness. And I'm like, you yeah. haven't known each other long enough to have that kind of reaction. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that didn't ring true at all. No, no. Now, if it had been the other way around and it had been Spock dying, like, you know, the original source material, I would have bought Kirk being upset, but not the other way around. I don't even think I'd buy Kirk being that upset. Yeah, it's... Because he was so shallow. He was. The first two movies for me are very shallow. Mm -hmm. They are all... They're all frosting and no cake, I yeah. guess is the best way to put it. A lot of pretty visuals, a lot of action, but ultimately not a good story. And no again, heart. Yeah. Why, why break canon by creating an alternate universe just to go back to canon? Yeah. That is the stupidest thing you could <laughs> possibly do. And then have a white guy be gone. Mm. Uh, no, no slight to Benedict Cumberbatch. 
because yeah. I love Benedict Cumberbatch, but I'm sorry, my child, you are not con. You will never be con. No. You can't sure be con. Among other things. <laughs> and not only that, he made Khan a sympathetic character. And oh, when he's talking Yeah, when he's talking about how his people have been treated and how he's just trying to protect them and all that when he's in the brig and I'm just like What are you guys doing? That and I'm sorry, he is he's not buff enough. No, he doesn't have that thick, thick chest. Because Ricardo was... Oh, oh yeah. Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. What a glorious, glorious man. Just oh, Mr. Rourke. Oh, I know, right? I have such a crush on Mr. Rourke. <laughs> My childhood crush is Apollo from Battlestar Galactica. And when I got to meet Richard Hatch, I cried. Um, <laughs> Gopher from the Love Boat. Yeah, I know. Whatever. And really, when you had Isaac, family. come on. I don't. I, I Isaac was too cool for me. I was awkward. I was an awkward child, and I'm like, no, no, no. Isaac never. So was would I, go but it's like no. <laughs> like I'm gonna hang with Isaac anyway. <laughs> Isaac's the best. Spock and stuff and things. <laughs> Honestly, I watched these two episodes back to back and I can't even remember where the cliffhanger is. Oh <laughs> it's only gosh. last week. I watched them last night again and I can't remember. Well, then I don't feel bad. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of made oh like gosh. a feature length movie. And in fact, yeah. um, they want Roddenberry wanted to turn it into a feature-length movie, but it wasn't long enough, and so he was gonna do extra filming, like film the Columbia crashing on yeah. Talos Four and stuff like that, because it wouldn't require Jeffrey Hunter, and so they wouldn't have to, you know, try to get someone to replace him, mm -hmm. get a fake ship, or you know, wait for him to be available, and they couldn't afford him anyway at that point, but. Yeah, he wanted yeah. to do that, and that that just got abandoned, and then this came along, and he, in a way, finally got that feature-length thing out of it by making it and, a two-parter episode. Yeah, and it's TOS's only two-parter. Mm-hmm, and, and rightly so, I think. Yes. It's, it's, not, it's not really something that was done a lot at that yeah. time in television. Now it's done all the damn time. And I'm just like, please, please stop that. Stop it. I, I mean, it's not that I don't like two-parters, but there's there's a difference between something that is too long to have in one episode, and so you've broken mm -hmm. it into two, and, hey, let's just put this big cliffhanger in here that's going to get resolved in the first two minutes of the next episode. <sighs> Yeah. But just make you all think, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then Riker says fire and nothing happens. And then you have the best of both worlds part two. And you feel let down that you waited <gasps> three months for that. Yeah. <laughs> three agonizing months. <laughs> I need to stop crapping over all these other Trek episodes and movies. I am sorry. These are just my opinions and they in no way reflect the magnificence and reverence that i feel for star trek as a whole so it's well, it's okay it's okay don't get me started on some voyager things as much as i adore voyager oh i'm there with oh, you oh yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah I, uh, 
Yeah, I uh, I I had to watch Threshold last week, so yeah. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. apologize. It is um terrible. <laughs> it it had some interesting theories. Like I love mm-hmm. how they approached the warp 10 barrier because that was actually very sciency that once you get to that point, you're you're just everywhere <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> time no longer has any meaning. And oh, there's a giant these... panda. <laughs> yeah, there's a koala. He's smiling. Koala, what does he he's know? He's smiling at me. Why is he smiling at me? <laughs> what does he know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Such a great episode of Lower Decks. <laughs> I there's just again going out into the weeds there are people who are just like I don't like the fact that he was like hurting like why was it burning and why was it painful he's transforming into a different type of energy that does not require physical form why wouldn't it hurt hurt? yeah you're being ripped apart Mm -hmm. why wouldn't it hurt yeah (sighs) Taking it too seriously. <laughs> well, you know, the people saying, why would it hurt? And I'm just firing right back with my serious reply. Of course it would hurt. <laughs> Think about it for half a second. But you want to get serious? I can get serious with the best of them. The only saving grace for for Threshold was the makeup. That is it. That is true. That is true. I I was really, I had a really hard time when Tom threw up his tongue, basically. I'm just like. Yeah, <laughs> I dry heaved just a little bit because honestly, I'll I'll be honest. I have not seen every episode of Voyager because it was one of those things that got preempted so many times when Ugh. it was airing that the VCR was never recording it <laughs> because mm-hmm. it would record what was supposed to be on at that time, and then it was preempted by a sporting event, and then they'd play it oh. at like three in the morning without any warning. Yeah, so. There were many, many episodes that I missed, and this was one of them. So seeing it for the first time, I just like, um, ew, just ew. But that's that's a credit to the makeup. The makeup mm-hmm, yes. is really good, and I believe it won some awards. Mm. It should, yes, it should, because that that was a lot of work, a lot of work. I can't wait till they get to that episode in the Delta Flyers. That's oh, I know. Come, I'm looking forward to that. It's like soon. coming up in a few weeks. <laughs> oh wait, this is boldly go a strange new world. Oh yes. Hey, yes, we I'm, reserve I'm, the right. I'm doing the Jane way tomorrow. I forgot. Mm-hmm. We reserve the right to talk about any Star Trek series in the course of any discussion here on Boldly Go, and we can, and we will. It's our show. We'll do what we want, and you can just muddle through it with us. Well, let's check in on Mr. Spock, shall we? I think he was doing something. He was doing things, and he lets the shuttle catch up and dock with the Enterprise, and now Mm -hmm. the ship has hit the fan. (laughs) To quote another number one. (laughs) Because I can. And it's interesting because McCoy just will not believe that Spock has committed mutiny. I know. 
<laughs> just the look on his face like oh what huh yeah, and and he even says, yeah, I could take some harebrained idea and go off half-cocked, but not Spock. Well, not you. It's impossible. <laughs> so we uh, we do have Mendez insisting that they have a court-martial trial that they, you know, but Kirk says, oh, they don't have enough people. And isn't it Kirk that says we don't have enough people? And then mm-hmm. uh, Mendez says, oh, we do, though. We have Pike. Captain Pike. Mm-hmm. All part of the plan. All part of the plan, because Mendez is not really there. We don't, we don't know that we yet. Know the first it yet. Time we're seeing this. <laughs> and, and when I was a kid, the first time I saw this, I'm like, wait, what? Wait, he was. But I saw what? him. He was right there. How was he? Why? Huh? So was the one that was on Starbase Eleven also fake? No, that guy was real. <laughs> or was he? My little five-year-old brain trying to rationalize all of this. Was there really a Starbase 11? I think, actually, that there was. I don't think that the Telosians have that much power. I mean, they can maintain certain illusions for an extended amount of time, depending on how complicated that illusion is. But an entire Starbase that didn't exist and now does, I don't think... I don't think they did that. Oh, wow. A Starbase. I didn't know this was here. Yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, what's this one? What's the name say on the side? Oh, Starbase 11. Uh, should we get lunch? Let's go Starbase This one 11. goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> but, but couldn't you just make 10 louder? But but you see, it goes to eleven. <laughs> For those of you who don't understand, go watch Spinal Tap. <laughs> it's excellent. Go watch all the mockumentaries, all of them. Exactly, all of them, all of them, all of them. I didn't even think I'd like Best in Show, and it was oh. amazing. I love Best in Show. Oh, so great, so much. I'm sorry, I was suddenly thinking of how great Fran Drescher looks today. (laughs) Yes, she does. She was in Spinal Tap, and I'm like, wait a minute, Fran Drescher is not old enough to have been in Spinal Tap. Oh my god, she is. She is old enough to have been in Spinal Tap. She actually reprised that role in an episode of The Nanny. Of course she did. It was awesome. Indeed, indeed. I'm just waiting for some in some episode of Strange New Worlds for them to make a Hell on Wheels reference at some point. That would be if Common shows up. I think I'd faint. That would be such great stunt casting. Let's have Common. Let's please. Hey, to the powers that be, please have Common as a guest star in Strange New Worlds. Please, please, please. We will love you forever. Figure out a way to get Colmini in there, maybe as an O'Brien ancestor. They did it before. You can do it. You can do it. Come on. It'll be this fun. Can this can work. <laughs> Anytime you can get Colmini into things, get him in there. That's right. Just do it. I'd watch it. Well, I'm going to watch it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> this is why we're doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> is that the reason? <laughs> no, we just like to get together and talk about Star Trek in a very meandering <laughs> and sometimes for the listener frustrating way. 
Okay, everybody who had common on your bingo card, <laughs> go ahead and mark him off. Yay! <laughs> oh, you thought the bingo card was only going to be episode one. Oh, no. I'm going to run that joke into the ground, you all. Into the ground. Bingo cards for everyone. Yes. Yes. We should we should do like a PDF that people can print out at home. <laughs> play, <laughs> play bingo with every episode. <laughs> oh. Okay. Good, good. All right. And the trial begins. And suddenly we're getting transmissions from Talos 4. And they're showing us the original pilot episode. These logs are too detailed. I don't understand. Yeah, it's just like, how do we have cameras in Pike's head qu- uh, quarters? Um, <laughs> That's creepy. It's it really creepy. That's like voyeurism. I mean... Seriously, that's spying on somebody's private life, you guys. He's just trying to drink a martini. Leave the man alone. Yeah, I don't like olives. Take those olives out of there. <laughs> Extra olives. Yeah, I don't like olives. They're just, um, you know, I know a lot of people love them, but they just mm-hmm. taste sour and bitter to me. It's a salt bomb. A salt bomb? Hey, I like salt. Bomb. I like salt. Don't like olives. But then I like Marmite, so I'm weird. Marmite is interesting. That is the best description for it because it <laughs> neither praises it nor uh, chastises it for being what it is. Yeah. Like s- small doses. I can do small doses. Oh, yes. No, you should never use large doses of Marmite. No one should. That's, yeah, no that's one told me that the first time. Mm. Mm. I am so sorry. Yeah. I have British friends who told me the correct way to taste Marmite. So, like, no, just taste a little tiny bit. Believe me, a little bit goes a long way. And I said, okay. Yeah, don't, don't slather it on like peanut butter. Mm-mm. <laughs> if anything, just have, like, one little dot and just spread yeah. it out as far as you can. And you're good. Yes. Because it is potent. Learning experience. Look at all the things you listeners are learning today. How to pronounce <laughs> reprise. What Marmite is. Actually, we didn't really say what Marmite is. Marmite is a uh, yeast-based sort of um, condiment. You've heard of Vegemite, I'm sure. But it's it's basically the same thing, but not quite. It's, uh, it's at once um, sour and yet salty and mm-hmm. something else that I can't find a word for. <laughs> there is no word to describe it. Like umami. Yes, thank you. Transmissions from Dallas Four. <laughs> yes. As I, try to, as I try to steer this car back onto the road, you guys, even though I'm the one that went off onto the dirt. So we're basically re-watching the pilot episode although you know at the time it originally aired no one had ever seen that except for the control groups that ended up not liking it at all yeah i know they offered jeffrey hunter the option to reshoot the pilot i i think i would have liked to see him in the original series you know i would have liked that as well i think that there was potential there Mm -hmm. and i think 
uh, obviously, if they toned down this sexist stuff, yeah, that you know he would have been a very fine captain of the Enterprise. I'm sad that we didn't get that because I'll be honest, I've said it before, Kirk is not my favorite. Although we wouldn't have gotten anything after the original series because he died tragically in 1969. That is true. That is true. So we I wouldn't have gotten the movies or anything. Yeah. I guess history proceeded as it should have. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly in another universe that happened. Mm-hmm. And all there ever was was three seasons of the original series. Or they brought in a fake shimp. <laughs> and they did phase two. It comes, comes full circle. You got Zahn the Vulcan in there. <laughs> I know you guys. Oh my god. So many movie references in Lower Decks episode nine. Oh, so many. So many. Oh, even music references. Good Lord. The genius of that music. Just yeah. like, am I listening to to uh, Horner's Wrath of Khan thing, you guys? Am I? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Except it doesn't go into the Wrath of Khan. It actually goes into the Lower Decks themes. Really quite ingenious. I would have to say that my, my favorite from that would be Billups. When they're on the shuttle and he sees the ship and he starts crying, I was like, oh, Billups, I love you. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it's um, <laughs> because I've seen the motion picture yes. a lot of times. I'm one of those people that actually enjoys it. And, you know, I actually enjoy the ship porn scene. Because the it's just long really one? pretty. No, it's not 20 minutes. <laughs> it it's just not feels even like five it. minutes. It doesn't to me because I love that ship. <laughs> so I I want someone to look at me like Kirk looks at the Enterprise when he's on that shuttle. <laughs> and I found that person and I married him. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we we we're never going to get there. Eventually, it'll happen. We will. Well, there isn't a whole lot to say about the actual footage that we get from Talos Four because we already said we've it. seen it all. <laughs> we said it. Yeah, we already said it in the last episode. So. We've seen it. And it's it's interesting because you know the Telosians are actually looking out for Pike. Mm -hmm. Because there's this moment where he's just like, he can't continue. He's like, you know, slumped over in his chair as much as he can yeah. be. And, uh, stop it. and the transmissions just stop. And they realize, oh, oh, he needs a break. And so they take a break. So gone are the... <laughs> vindictive yeah <laughs> you I, will do as i say i like these telosians like, hey, a little buddy. they have a heart yeah these telosians yeah they they have learned from humanity in this case i believe and that's a good thing it's a very yes, good thing very good thing 
And Spock is very calm about the whole thing. Just totally calm. Because he <laughs> has to keep this whole illusion in place long enough for them to reach their destination. Which, whatever he's done to the computer, they can't <laughs> undo it. They cannot stop the ship. They cannot change course. Nothing. So he has been very thorough yes. in that regard. And if there was ever anyone that was going to do something like that, it would be Spock. He would plan everything down to the letter and execute it perfectly because that's just his level of meticulousness, I Who suppose is. is the right word. He's He is going to make a plan. He is going to execute that plan flawlessly <laughs> and hopefully not be put to death at the end of that plan. Yes, that is the end goal. He was willing to risk it. He was willing to die to get Pike to Talos for. Again, the love, that, guys. That is a deep connection. Because he knows that Pike is very much responsible for making him who, who he is. Yes. The person that he is. And without that relationship, exactly. Just like what you said, without that relationship, he wouldn't be who he yeah. is. He wouldn't be the Spock we know. Not at all. And I really like the Spock we know. <laughs> yes, me too. Some may say he's my favorite character. Oh, because he is. <laughs> oh, shocking. <laughs> I never would have guessed. Yeah, I don't. I know. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so closeted about it, I guess. I don't <laughs> like to, to tell everybody who my favorites are. In fact, there are many people who still don't know who my favorite captain is because I enjoy making everyone wonder. But you may yet find out. Hmm, juicy danglers. Hmm. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah, I'm 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 gonna reveal it at some point. Um, In the near future. Okay. Technically, as of this recording, I already have revealed it, but <laughs> it's not public yet. Hmm. And Suzanne is now wondering what? <laughs> What have you recorded recently? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only one of two other things. So, yeah. hmm. and one of those things doesn't really have a captain. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, seeing as how this episode will air before the other episode where I make my revelation, I'm not going to say it today it's secret it's secret i'll tell suzanne later <laughs> say it today on the, air. on the air we're not on the air this isn't life oh thank goodness oh <laughs> my goodness really not a whole lot else to say until they get to talos 4 yeah because we've seen all of the cage stuff before we've talked about it so they finally arrive at Talos 4, and uh, suddenly uh, Mendez disappears. Bum, bum, bum. And Kirk's just like, <laughs> what is going on here? What? <laughs> he's, just, he's just like, what? 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 How? What? <laughs> and then uh, you, you hear the, the keeper, you know, communicate with uh, Kirk and say, hey, he's he's welcome to come down here. 
and live his <laughs> remaining years with us. <laughs> and he goes over to him and he says, Chris, is this what you want? And he, he gives the one beat for yes. He's shuffled off to the transporter room. There's clearing up of things, but uh, then <laughs> they're interrupted by the end footage. The keeper <laughs> saying, hey, check this out. And they show that scene that they cut out from, yeah, the end footage. But that was happy fake Pike. A happy Pike and a happy Vena. That's all I kept thinking. I was like, that's happy fake Pike. Going back down into the menagerie. But in but in canon, <laughs> it's real Pike. It's not a fake champ. Aww. <laughs> Okay, that's that's my third reference to fake shimp. There will be no further references due to the rule of three. I really didn't think fake shimp was going to come into this conversation, but here we are. Is that the Beetlejuice rule or something? If you say it three times, he appears. Uh, no. Yeah, it's Candyman. You have oh. to say it five times. And please don't. Please don't. Oh, but I love Candyman. I know I do too, but don't don't summon Candyman. Oh, Tony Todd. He's the best. Isn't he? Tony Todd. He's just I oh I adore Tony Todd with every fiber of yes. my being. He's just a magnificent human. His voice is just his everything. Oh, he's he's so tall. Yeah. Oh my god, he's so tall. I mean, I'm a tall person. He is one of the one of the two people I want to meet because he's so tall and I'm so short. He's magnificent because I have met him. I met him at Vanix. Oh, jealous. And he is a wonderful human and just really enjoyable. You know, we talked about, I talked with him about Trek. I talked with him about Chuck. And then he, we talked about cats. We talked about our cats. And he talked about how he had this cat that he really loved and had a really long time. And he was away on a job and the cat wasn't doing well. And he oh, no. he wanted to get back home. He wanted to be with that cat before the cat died. And unfortunately, the cat passed away while he was gone. Oh. And it just devastated him. And I'm just like standing there and crying oh, while he's telling heart. me the story. And he's just so sweet. And he's just like, wow, you're a really sensitive person, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. I, I kind of just wear my heart on my sleeve. And he oh. says, no, that's a beautiful thing that you express your emotions like that. And he looks at my husband and he says, you know what you have here, right? <laughs> and, husband, and Dave's just like, yep. <laughs> yep, I do. Oh. So he's he's no, a wonderful just, I human. I give him a hug. Mm -hmm. I, I got a hug. I got a hug. So I got a hug and a selfie. Again. I'll send you the selfie. Again. Jealous. Jealous. No, I and I understand that because it was a really amazing moment. It was one of my favorite people I've ever met. And that's really high praise because I've met a lot of great people in Fanex. So thank you, Fanex, that we didn't have this year because fuck 2020. <laughs> yeah, no Dragon Con. <laughs> I would love to go to Dragon Con someday. I'm just too far away. I would love to see you at Dragon Con. I know, right? It would be so great. Hang out in person. <laughs> yes. I can, I can meet Bruce in person too. That'd be so awesome. I've hugged Bruce. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I want to hug Bruce so I can be one degree away from Ethan Beck. <laughs> that's not why I want to hug Bruce, you guys. <laughs> But it's part of my heart. No, no, it that helps. has nothing to do with it. I just, I adore Bruce. Bruce is fun. He is. He is. 
So really, is is there much else to say about the menagerie? Because, no. you know, they get no a death commu- penalty. No death penalty. They get a communique from the real Mendez saying, hey, we've been apprised of the situation. We are going to basically lift this ban for this special circumstance and there will be no consequences for Mr. Spock. Uh, do as you see fit, Kirk. And so he does. So do you think the Telosians reached out to him or Starfleet? Oh, I'm sure. There's no other way. That <laughs> it's like, how, how did they get apprised? I don't understand. Who told them? The Telosians. They watched video of the entire thing. (laughs) They were piping it in from the ship, and he was probably looking at his monitor going, how can I see what's going... Wait a minute, why am I there? What am I doing here? I don't understand. I don't remember this. What's going on? I am not there. (laughs) There's just... There's so much confusion in this episode of, huh? What? Huh? (laughs) What? There is a lot of that. Yeah. Boy, those delusions are powerful. It's very good that they're not vindictive against humanity or the Federation. I'm sure they needed a nap after this. Oh, I'm sure they did. They took like a week nap. You know, just <laughs> they were asleep for a good seven days, maybe more. If if you can do anything with your mind, what do you dream about? Like when you're asleep? Or do you dream at all? Yeah. Maybe sleep is just blissful oblivion. Because your mind is so active when you're awake, there's nothing else for it to do while you're asleep. Interesting thoughts. (laughs) That's a lot to think about there. Yeah. All these things that I never thought I would think about, and here we are, discussions on Trek. (laughs) So overall, how do you feel about these two episodes, Suzanne? I could have done without a lot of the replay of The Cage. Mm -hmm. They could have condensed it better. But I understand why they did it. They wanted to use all the footage they could. Yes. But I didn't need it all. No. But what about the envelope? I do like the envelope. Yes. Except for that beginning part with, with the woman. Yeah. The woman! It's like, why are you here? You. Though we did get to see the women! Again. <laughs> yes. Because that's who we are. The women! <laughs> Spock, the only person who cared about the women. I'm telling you. It's so obvious. Because again, everybody going, who? What? Huh? Who? What happened? Why are we still here? <laughs> Just a lot of guys in this going, huh? Yeah, sounds about right. That's why we're here to help those guys. They're just going, huh? What? <laughs> oh. That's why we're here. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I actually really enjoy these episodes for the envelope parts of it. Mm-hmm. There is too much of the original pilot. But again, this was done out of necessity. They were out of scripts, out of time, out of money. And they had to do something or shut down production. And they didn't want to shut yeah. down production. So this is what we got. And because no one else, I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of when I was a kid and I saw it for the first time. Mm-hmm. because. I hadn't, I mean, they hadn't released the cage as its own thing at that time. I mean, this was like, at the time I saw it, it was probably four or five, so I'd be like 1977, 78. 
Mm -hmm. They hadn't really released that as a thing for us to see. So for me, it was just kind of like, wait, there was another captain of the Enterprise? <laughs> Why is Spock's eyebrows so furry? <laughs> hey, he likes women. That's good. <laughs> He's smiling. Yay. Yeah. Oh, I loved smiling Spock. So I, as a child, I found this whole two-parter very interesting because I didn't know about the original pilot and I just thought wait this is a whole new story about a whole other crew except for Spock and wow this is neat <laughs> so as an adult having seen that pilot episode many times yes the footage can get tedious mm -hmm. but I think that it was well done, what they did with it, how they did it, how they justified things. It could have been so so big of a mess, and it ended up being yeah. Best Dramatic Presentation and won a Hugo Award, so, <laughs> so I can't really Here's fault that. a trophy. That. Yeah. Plus so much Spock. I love me some yes. Spock. Well, do you have any other things you want to say about these proceedings this this mock trial <laughs> that we have been subjected to by the no. Telosians. No, i believe the case is closed excellent excellent fantastic and the verdict is not guilty <laughs> i don't know what that means <laughs> not guilty of what you figure it out charges have been dropped the charges have been dismissed and you are free to go but before you go, we must ask of each other, Suzanne, where can people find you when you're not doing this stuff? When I'm not doing this, you can find me on the Janeway, which is on this network, Hollow Sweet Media. I do that with my friend Liam, where we talk about the different decisions that Catherine Janeway makes to find out if they're the right way, the wrong way, or just the Janeway. Or the dumb way? <laughs> this past episode, yes. Yes, there was a dumb way. I saw one of Liam's tweets. That's how I know. I still have yet to listen to the episode, and I will listen to that episode. Because it's such a fun show, you guys. You really need to listen to it. Even if you don't know that much about Voyager, doesn't matter. Just go watch it. Go watch it. Go watch Voyager. Because sometimes for what we thing. don't even talk about that. Yeah. Go watch Voyager, and then listen to the Janeway. And enjoy it. Just enjoy track. Enjoy things. Enjoy things. Exactly. Because. And stuff. Yeah. Because good God, 2020 sucks. So yes, it does. Enjoy things. Um, you can find me too many places. Um, Lots of places. Yeah. I, I'm on Twitter, Brandywine12. I always forget to start with that. It should always be the first thing I say. So if you're wondering where I am besides that, it's nowhere. I'm either doing a podcast or I'm on Twitter at Brandywine12 or I'm at work. There's nothing else. That's all I do now. You sleep? I do, I do actually point. sleep sometimes. We won't go into my sleeping problems. Um, but yeah, I also do a couple of shows here on Hollow Sweet Media, which are What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, and we are gearing up for season hey. three, and I am so excited. That was weird. <laughs> and, uh, I also do, uh, what else do I do? Oh, yes, I do the Vedic Assembly. Liam is going to shoot me uh -huh. dead. <laughs> He's going to kill me. 
we're suddenly forgetting the name. <laughs> yes, I do the Vedic Assembly, which is a Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast with my friends Liam, obviously, same Liam, and Nick. And we're talking about Deep Space Nine and having a grand time of doing it because it's such a great show and they're such great co-hosts. I enjoy them very much. I do two live shows because, you know, I can't talk about Trek enough. <laughs> so I do. I do a show right now called The Unready Room on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Figure it out for your own damn self what time that is for you. Uh, there are conversion charts and clocks in your phone for such purposes. Yes. And uh, you can find that on the YouTube channel of Kurt Ratz Productions, which is my friend Dan Gunther's YouTube channel. Kurt Ratz is just Star Trek spelled backwards. And we are currently talking about, well, at the time this goes out, the next episode of Lower Decks, the last episode of Lower Decks season one may have already aired. Yeah, we're covering Lower Decks right now. I'm reasonably 99.9% .9 sure we're also going to be covering Discovery when that starts on October 15th. Yay! So that's exciting. And I have a great time with Dan. It's a live show. There's a chat that you can be part of. It's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. So much yeah. fun. Suzanne has been in the chat many times, and I always love it when she is. But you probably won't be tomorrow because you're doing Janeway. Yeah. No. <sighs> yeah. It's all Liam's fault. I am bereft. It's always more fun when you're there. <laughs> uh, I do another live show on Saturdays at 12 p.m. Mountain Time on Twitch. Because Twitch is like the new YouTube now. <laughs> It's not just for gamers anymore. And we're on a channel called Outpost 13, which is just the word Outpost and the number 13. And it's called Infinite Trek, which I do with my friend Aaron Harvey, who literally wrote the book on the animated series. And it's an amazing yes, book. Yes, And we have a lot of fun. I have that book. I do, too. I also have that book. It's glorious. I adore it. Uh, and he's really good at piecing together things that mm -hmm. I don't see immediately very good at finding those easter eggs so again saturdays at 12 noon infinite trek and it's released as a podcast the following week on trek geeks and that's usually on a tuesday depending on how busy Aaron is <laughs> he is an artist by trade and sometimes he is a little bit overwhelmed with work and also, do, I do a show with my husband called Dark Corner Podcast, where we talk about whatever we want, usually very nerdy things from a darker perspective, because we're gothy people. And I do a solo podcast called Head Cannon that uh, is just basically a no-holds-barred trip through my crazy brain and my fandoms, in that order. <laughs> and you can find both of those at darkcornerpodcast.com. That is all that I have to tell you. But one other thing that I need to tell you is... Our music, both intro and outro music, was composed specifically for our podcast by a wonderful person by the name of Eves Orwald, and you can find them on Facebook, and just search the name Eves Orwald, which is Y-V-E-S-O-R-W-A-L-D. It's very lovely intro and outro music that was tailored yes, specifically nice. for us, and we are forever grateful for that. Very, very talented I could, it's not something I could ever do in a million years. So thank you very much. No, I can play the kazoo and that's it. So I can't even do that on a regular basis. <laughs> I did, however, do that during a Christmas song once when I was in college. It called for it. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
I'll tell everyone that story another time. So that is it for us for this Boldly Go. And next time that we gather, I guess we're going to be moving on to season two of Discovery and Captain <gasps> Pike's appearance there. Yay. Super excited about that. So join us again and Boldly Go. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer. List other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. When Mariner realizes that these characters behave exactly how, they, how their normal counterparts do, she quickly rewrites it into a movie and adds in some set pieces, as she says, and things like that. She basically is going to plan to kill her mum painfully and horribly. In the holodeck to help her. just her mum. Everyone, yeah. To help her get over her her issues, I guess. It seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Loading Holosuite preview program for Starbase One, a Star Trek online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. Warning. Structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase One. Welcome to Starbase One. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Loading Holosuite preview program for Starpod Log, a classic science fiction and fantasy podcast. Well, and, and it's amazing read, reading that description of the movie, because if I was going to write a description of Star Wars, that's not exactly what I would say. <laughs> but but I mean, but yeah, yeah, it's neat to go back and read these and you're going, wow, that's just, you know, they, they don't really make it sound as exciting there, but they still, I mean, they make it look like, yeah, you want to see it, but, but not for, for those reasons exactly. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.